This is a recording about a new kind of fruit that God is producing through me. It's something that I haven't really seen a whole lot of before, but God is is making me very sensitive in my spirit and giving me good discernment even when I pray about people that I have no idea what's going on in their life or who they are. The first example was with Todd where when I was praying with him, praying for him, I had no peace and I knew something was wrong and I needed to say something and when I spoke up in a recording to let him know, he wrote me back and said, Michael, praise God. He said, I've been fighting through um, a battle. I've fallen back into pornography. He had spent a week back in pornography after being free for years and so all of a sudden while I'm praying for him, I just the peace drains out of me and he was so blessed that I took the time to say something and then Matt Eldridge called me yesterday and he's been struggling with a lady on the set that he knows is getting ready to have an affair with this man they're having a very inappropriate relationship and he's been hesitating to say something and his wife even said oh stay out of their business and I said Matt God will never look at you and say you did good you stayed out of their business God will look at you and say you knew you were a watchman and you didn't say anything and he said Mike I needed to hear that he said that is without a doubt what God wants me to do. Then, a lady from Canada who had flown to South Africa to basically help her mom get better in the hospital after an accident, her mom dies from an infection and it turns out that it's likely an accidental death and she lets me know that she's going to begin fighting the lawsuit and fighting the hospital and as I was praying for her and thinking about her the peace just drained out of me and I'm learning now God is showing me that that peace when it drains out of me like that that I I need to speak up if it's not a mocker if it's not somebody who's a a fool they need to be corrected and they need to have somebody share the truth with them so that they can respond correctly so God now has blessed all three of these times in this past week that I've done this and I sent the lady a message and said that I saw a vision of her mom like in heaven having the most unbelievable experience of love and peace and joy in her life and she looks down as a cloud of witnesses in the book of Hebrews and sees her daughter getting ready to enter into bondage to try to get justice that she'll never get and bring somebody back from the dead she can never bring back But to let her mom go, trust God for the results, and don't allow the enemy to get you in bondage over what God sees as something awesome, her mom now being in his presence. She wrote me back, it's been days, she wrote me back today thanking me for having the courage to speak up and that she has decided to let it go. She's not going to sue. This is exactly what happened when I met with Mary Flynn. Mary was abused physically and emotionally by a pastor here in town. It was horrible. She was fully prepared to sue, had met with the attorney that day, was going to hire him that evening, and God brings our paths across one another, and instead she chooses the route of forgiveness and to let it go. And um, so anyhow, I'm learning to be more sensitive to, and and also to speak up. I'm discerning. It's like God has given me good discernment to be able to understand where people are outside of his will and I'm speaking up and I'm seeing fruit God is amazing good I'm just sitting here praising God this morning it is uh, February 19th 2015 
And I come across this scripture that says, it's Proverbs 18.4, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. And when you look at the subtext in the NIV Study Bible, it says a wise man's words are refreshing and a source of life. And as I read those words, I thought about how many people are telling me they're so thankful for the words that I'm sharing with them and they're coming from God. They're not from me. And uh, in this moment, it's like I have this awareness of of how much the scale, the vastness of what God has done in my heart. Because one of the things that God has seemingly hid from me, and I thank Him for His wisdom in this, is I still have a tendency to believe that people think and see things the way I'm able to think and see things. And I'm, I'm not saying that I see things better than all people. I know there are great men and women of God who have far greater amounts of wisdom. I listen to them daily. And I listen to the words these men speak and how they have such unbelievable insight. Oh, it humbles me. But in the everyday encounters I have with people through my website, through YouTube and the coffee stores, I have a tendency to believe that people can see things the way I can see them. And so the most recent example is an example of a lady in Canada I woke up this morning and she had sent me another email and she said, Michael, God even confirmed your word through this message from Dr. Adrian Rogers. And she said, God, my mom had always taught me that God will confirm his word to you gently and softly at least two times. And Adrian Rogers had a message about being in bondage to the pain of the past. And she's like, it was, it was just true. And I listened to the message and I, I was, I was blessed. And she was able to discern from the Holy Spirit that he's telling her to let go and move forward and I'm just so thankful that God has given me that kind of wisdom. I'm reading these words and I think about how I've been able to share these words with people. Natalie in the Netherlands who needed to know about Luke 11.11 and the situation of pursuing a man in church. And he's a fixer-upper. And she's wondering, is he the one? And could God turn him around? And I needed to share with her the principle of Luke 11.11. Don't ask God for his best and then believe him only for a fixer-upper. And I shared some insight with her and she sent me an email back and just thanked me for the wisdom and the insight to that. And I encouraged a lady on YouTube last night with 1 Samuel and the story of Hannah, chapter 1, where she has no baby and she's barren and she's being made fun of and ridiculed for years. And it's a lady that contacted me through YouTube who's been trying for four years, married four years to have a children and can't, and she's discouraged and ready to give up hope. I shared some insight with her and She wrote me back and said, thank you so much for your words of encouragement and your wisdom. And again, what I'm seeing is Job 4.4. Your words have supported those who stumbled, and you have strengthened faltering knees. Think of Jeremiah Turner and how I'm constantly being able to share with him insight and things. And he says, oh man, thank you, man, thank you. It's not coming from me. It's coming from a heart that has been fully yielded to the Lord and God, by His grace, is giving me the ability to see insight into people's lives, but I'm not realizing how profound it is to them. To me, it's just very basic, simple stuff, and I have this thought that everybody understands it, and I'm just reminding of it, but what really perplexes me is how in the dark people are, and I'm having a hard time reconciling the fact that I used to be the same way. I'm having a hard time remembering I did not always have this kind of understanding. And I bet five years from now I will look back on this recording and think, wow, how you thought you had understanding then. 
But it is perplexing to me how God, it's like God literally makes me forget my past. There's a scripture about that. Here it is in Job 11, uh, verse 13 it starts. It says, Yet if you devote your heart to Him and stretch out your hands to Him, if you put away the sin that is in your hand and allow no evil to dwell in your tent, then you will lift up your face without shame. You will stand firm and without fear. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by. Life will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. You will lie down with no one to make you afraid, and many will court your favor. I mean, that's incredible. That is exactly what God has. It's interesting. Uh, well... It's just a powerful, powerful verse of Scripture, and I feel like that's what God has made me do. He's not only made me forget my trouble as water's gone by, He's made me forget my foolishness, which was really the result of my troubles and my lack of knowledge. It's incredible. Incredible. Okay, so today is the 19th of February. It is a gorgeous but absolutely bitter freezing day. I think it's about 12 degrees outside right now. And... Three days ago, on the 16th, I recorded a message that said, Out of money, but filled with faith. And it's just one of the many times that I've gotten down to my last few shillings, as George Miller would say, and God comes through for me every single time. Every single time. He doesn't always provide what I want, but He provides what I need. And I've seen this hundreds of times. So, I had $2 left in my checking account after I wrote another check, a partial payment for child support for $300 I sent off. <clears throat> and I've been sending off, like every time I get $300 full, I've been sending it off to her. And I uh, have $2 left, and then I have $2 in my savings account. And, you know, you might say, well, how's God going to get you the money? Uh, you know, even if you get a donation, it'll take a couple of days. And But you just, you don't, you don't worry about that. You let God take care of that. You do your part and you trust the Lord. So as of right now... I barely have enough money. I don't even think I have enough money to, on my Starbucks card to go get Starbucks. I'm laying on the floor after about an hour of prayer. Been serving some people this morning already. Recorded a message for Jeremiah Turner this morning. Just filled with faith for the Lord that good, good, good things are coming. Good things are coming. And I was laying there just trying to take a little mid-morning prayer dose. And got woke up by Tom asking me, oh, can we move to 12 o'clock our lunch? I completely forgot about our having lunch. So here it is. I'm going to have lunch with Tom, and I have prayed. I don't I don't recall ever doing this with Tom before, but Tom has occasionally given me uh, some money. And I prayed. I said, God, please move upon Tom's, Tom's heart to make a donation today. Please move. I won't say anything. I'm not going to hint. I never do. God is always faithful, and I do not have to ask men. I'm going on five years now, at least. I'd, I'd, I feel safer saying four without asking people for money. Again, having asked my parents, can I give you, can you give me $30 in cash? I'll write you a check or, you know, in three days this money will be here. Can you, that's it. And that's only happened a handful of times in four years. And I've been living with no money, no income, just literally trusting God and he has been providing again not what I want but what I need he's faithful and uh, I get in the car and it's 1144 blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him he will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots into the stream it has no fear when heat comes 
It has no, and its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Jeremiah 17, chapter 7 through 8. God is faithful. God will provide. He always does. Okay, so I just finished having lunch with Tom, and he did not... Um, he did not offer to give me any, any money and I didn't ask, I didn't hint or anything. And so now you've prayed for something. It didn't happen. It didn't happen when you want, but you continue to trust God because you know that God favors a good man. And you know that the desire of the righteous ends only in good Proverbs eleven twenty three. And you know that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of these things will be added to you, Matthew 6.33. So, I looked on my phone, I have $5.53 on my Starbucks card, that's enough to go get a coffee. So, I am going to go get a coffee at Starbucks, and just continue to trust the Lord. I'm not worried, I'm not afraid, I have no money, but God is going to provide, He always does. So, sometimes, when you ask God for something, and you believe Him in faith, there will be circumstances that contradict the faith. In other words, you've prayed to move upon somebody's heart or for something and it doesn't happen, so then you quit You quit and go, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be, oh, God's not helping me. And this can start a pattern of relying upon yourself or delivering yourself or panicking. And I don't do that anymore. I just wait. But I want to capture this because God is faithful and He will provide the finances for me. Now, the interesting thing is, is that Tom was, was very off. I feel bad. I feel like I should have asked him more about, I tried to hint and see if he wanted to open up about anything, but he definitely seemed to be somewhere else the whole time we were meeting. It was not the normal meeting that we had, that we desired to have. But, uh, you know, I feel bad. I think he's, he said he's going to, to Colorado in two weeks and he's trying to get a bunch of stuff done and ready and finished and... He seems to be a little stressed out about some work-related stuff. So, anyhow, um, I need to pray for him. I'm going to pray for him right now. It is the morning of the 20th, uh, February 20th, 2015. I just want to keep recording uh, this little journey of finance as just as an example. This, this kind of thing has happened over and over. This isn't unique. This is just me trying to capture the process and learn as much from it as I can and to help encourage other people. So um, as it relates to the finances today, I still receive no money. Uh, and in fact, I woke up this morning to realize that my shipping station charge of $9 went through my checking account. I only had $302 in the account and I sent 300 to So that means if I don't get some money by today or surely this weekend, that I'm sure if my checking account balance is not already in the negative, it will be. And, um, you know, there's that tendency to want to put your eyes on situations like that and to panic and to go, oh, God. And I, I remember how I used to feel that way. I used to feel that, oh, my gosh, you know, and you'd be consumed about how can I figure this out? That's the way I always lived is how, what can I sell? Oh, God, it... it, it it pains my heart to think about how much I used to strive in self-sufficiency to save myself. And how I look at it now and how I operate with the Father now is so completely different. Now, I put my focus completely on the Father's responsibility to provide for me, Matthew 6.33. Because I am seeking first His kingdom. 
And what is the evidence that the Father is pleased with me? In other words, if I was walking in sin, if I was living with an impure heart and um, not giving him uh, wholehearted devotion, then I would want to be concerned and worried, and I would need to know that it's up to me. Because the, the Lord says that, the Bible says that God is, is, is favors the good, that he's, he's good to those who fear him. He favors those who wait upon him. So, I look at what God is doing in my life and in my heart, and how he's changing people, and changing me, and speaking to me, and encouraging me spiritually. And so, a wise spiritual person concludes, if God is with me in spirit, God is with me in finance. God is with me in my temporal needs. In other words, again, if God is with me in the things of the spirit, God is with me in the things of the temporal. And if I do not have what I perceive to need in the temporal, but yet I see that God is with me in the ways of the spirit, then I can trust that when God knows I need what is in the temporal, he will provide it. Not a minute late, not a minute early. It's never late with God, it's always just on time. So, all of these times I've come down to the wire, it's not that God is late, it's not that he's really even a God of the midnight hour. It's that he's a God of on time. And by him being on time, he shows you can take your hands off of the steering wheel. You don't have to white knuckle this thing. What you have to do is to learn how to trust me. And the reason I'm just on time is because my timing is not your timing. Your timing is not my timing. And you always think when I don't answer you on my timing that I'm late. But I want to show you if it takes me a hundred times. That my timing is right, my timing is perfect, I'm never late. You know, we always want things in advance and have to have some headroom and breathing room. And so, you know, I sit here today with a level of faith in God. Do I feel, do I have the ability to put my eyes on it and go, whoa, I really need some? Of course I do. But I've trained myself. Here is the key. A, a person listening to this might try to make excuses and say why this doesn't apply to them. Malarkey. It applies to every man or woman of God I've ever read about, studied about, or to this day, no. It comes down to this. I love what Katie Davis said. After you have seen God provide so many times, you quit worrying that he's going to not provide. He comes through. You. It becomes this expectation. It becomes this high level of faith. It becomes this, my father's going to provide. Uh, you have this confidence in the father to provide. And again... Your faith will be tested. He may take you places. He may take you in a, uh, uh, a darker place. He may make you wait longer than you've had to wait before. But you will see his faithfulness. If you trust, if you wait, if you do not doubt. And yesterday my faith was tested, tested a little bit because I believe that the reason why God had, had Tom contact me just out of the blue to have lunch was that maybe God was going to move upon his heart to uh, make a donation. And I thought, I wondered, I thought, I wonder if I'm setting myself up here for a disappointment. I thought about it before I went in. And so another thing to remember is don't presume on God. I said this to the father this morning. I said, Lord, I'm not going to start presuming on you about what you're going to do. I have a tendency to try to think through Oh, I bet this is how God will do it. Oh, I bet he's going to cause this person to say this or to give this. I'll start presuming. And I'm creating expectations in the flesh that were never met in the spirit. And then that can create unmet expectations and disillusionment, frustration, disappointment, all of that. So what I'm learning over a long period of time is to not presume upon God's hand. Don't say, I bet God will do this. I, I bet he'll do it this way. Instead, 
Just, I know God will do it and allow Him to choose however, whenever, and whatever He wants to do. It's another valuable lesson. So, um, another issue with this whole insurance thing that God showed me with my mom, putting all this pressure on me about Medicaid and getting insurance and all that and stuff, God had telling me, no, sit, wait. That's one of those moments where you have to decide, are you going to serve money or are you going to serve God? Yes, you need to obey the laws. But if God, for a reason, is asking you, and we know that the government sits on His shoulders, if God is asking you to do something that for a season seemingly seems to contradict what the law is asking you to do, and you do not have the ability to, um, the resources to actually comply with the law, then you have to just trust that God, in the issue of tax I speak of, you have to trust that God will provide in His time and that He's up to something. And if you choose not to wait to a clear direction from God, you are violating Matthew 6.24, and you are now serving money rather than God. I mean, we have to be so careful. There's a fine line here where you could cross over, and you can, you can now be serving the spirit of mammon, which is evil and wicked in God's eyes. If he's given you clear direction, wait for me. Trust me. And yet, you side with the pressure of the spirit of mammon, you're serving God, not money. I mean, money, not God. Once again, I'm waiting for coffee to brew in the microwave, and I walk away in prayer, and I say, Father God, I am tired of this this idea of just another sermon where you hear a sermon and you walk away unchanged. What the church offers today is flat, it is powerless, it is old, it is tired, it is worn out, it is ineffective, it is impotent. And I've just been begging the Father, I've, I've been laying on my face this morning, just literally laying on my face before the Lord. I got out of my chair and I just laid before the Lord and I'm like, God, you've placed such a burden in me. And I've just, I mean, I've been walking with this burden. I have relief from it. You know, I'm able to go on with my life, but there are moments when it just comes on me where it's, it's so heavy that I feel like I'm going to burn up inside unless I can do something to help people. To know God it's a mix of sadness and anger. I was just walking and I was thinking, God, there has to be, you've called me to something different. It's time for something new. The culture, the, 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 the temperature of the church, the season, this uh, dispensation, we, the, something has to be done differently. What is being done is not working. And I have been listening to these sermon jams the last two days that my new friend Natalie has been sending me. And Uh, They are powerful, they are motivational, but I know that when people listen to them, they walk away, unless they do like Natalie, and they listen to them over and over, and they commit to making a playlist, and they listen to them every day, people will listen to them, and it will, the the seed will be removed right from their heart. The devil will come and just pluck, uh, by the birds of prey, the seed that fell along the path, right from their heart. And I say, there's got to be a better way. And there needs to be something ongoing, something palatable, a longer journey uh, uh, daily. And so I I just had this vision, another idea that's just come to me that I I think I've had hints of this in the past, but I now realize that this is something that must happen. This absolutely must happen. It, It is the unique thing that God has given me. And I see a book very similar to the narrative. It's the best of both worlds. It is the narrative of uh, a George Mueller. 
And it's, it's basically me walking with God over a five-year period. And there would be two powerful journal entries right up front that would juxtapose one another to help you see the before and the after. The book would be called uh, From Here to There. And it answers the question of what was the journey like and how did God literally get me from there to here? And how did he deal with me? And how did I deal with him? And how did I stumble? And how did I... All of these different things. And the book would be excerpts from journal entries, very similar to George Mueller. And it would be just little bits. It wouldn't have to explain everything. At the end of each day or periodically through certain entries that have to do with certain subject matters, there could be a link in the book to a web page with a downloadable link to the actual journal entry where you can step in if you want to listen more. Instead of just reading the excerpt, an abbreviated summary of what happened in that journal entry, that day, that time, that event, that subject, you could now go to a website, download the actual journal entry that I recorded four years earlier, where I'm actually in that moment either crying out of despair, struggling with pain, wrestling with God for an answer, receiving the joy of newfound knowledge, receiving the blessing of an answered prayer, dealing with the pain of affliction or confusion or persecution or loss, struggling to take yet another step in darkness, struggling to find meaning out of the mess, desperately crying out for God to give me guidance on what to do next, there would be these entries that would explain it all. Now a person could literally take a powerful journey with me. I could literally help disciple them as I was discipled. And I, again, I'm not being God in their life. I'm helping them to see how God dealt with me so that they can change their way of thinking and their decisions in these particular subject matters, areas, or seasons of life such that it best cultivates God's presence in their life in that situation. Here's what I struggled with. Here's what I brought to God. Here's the result I got. When God came back and spoke to me about this, here's what I then recame to God with or removed from my life or what have you. And then God entered into that. Here's, here's how I got God's help. And here's how I struggled. And, and to answer all these questions that people ask me, how did you trust God? What scriptures did you listen to? Have you ever felt a lack of motivation? Did you ever feel concerned about losing this? How did you stay? I mean, these questions that people ask me are all in my journal entries. And what would it be? What could I do to help somebody in a more powerful way than to help them to find it based upon subject in the journal entry and then uh, rather the book and then to have a link to a website that a person could actually listen to the journal entry and know they are not alone and know that I am not some special person. I am not one of these high flatutin, whatever you call it, super famous preachers who has these unbelievable speaking abilities, who has these amazing sized congregations, who has these amazing anointing from God, and they've been around for years, 50 years doing this. No, they will see I am just a regular old unordained person just like them. But I mean, I'm just a regular Joe off the street. 
I haven't been to seminary. I've not been ordained. I'm not even largely in church. I grew more outside of a church than I ever did inside. They would see it's just a regular man walking with God. And then, of course, in the very beginning of all of this, they would see, why should I pay attention to this? They would see these unbelievable things God is doing in my life now. In contrast to me crying out, oh my God, if you don't save me, I'm done. I can't handle this Christianity thing anymore. And now, oh God, this what you have done to me, the affliction, the suffering, the persecution, the waiting, the, the, the darkness, God, these were your very best gifts to me, Lord. Oh, and I want people to know how we got from there to here so that they can get from there to here. The end. Michael Commentary. Brothers and sisters, the timing of that recording is wonderful and it is no coincidence whatsoever. You know, we're listening to, and I've completely forgotten about this journal entry, but we're listening to a portion of exactly what this vision was five and a half years ago for me to make available all of these journal recordings. And what's even more exciting is right at about a week ago, I invested in a service that will somewhat auto-transcribe all of these podcast messages that I'm putting up on iTunes podcast for the Trusting God in the Wilderness series and now the Trusting God for the Promised Land series. The challenge is, is that it's not 100% accurate. Probably 90 to 95% accurate. It even includes some punctuation. The goal is, is to get all of this content that you've heard me speak in the series in written form that can be searched by search engines on the website so more people can find this content and for the people who may prefer to read some of it or search through the content. For example, let's say that you went through the recordings and one time you heard the story of me talking about, oh, I don't know, let's say, you know, the false prophet that comes to my house and says that I'm going to end up going to jail. And let's say that you end up having a conversation with a friend of yours who some similar story to that pops up and you're like, man, I wish I could remember what recording that was in. Well, now you'll be able to search because you can't search audio files, but you'll be able to quickly search and it will bring up all of the possible entries that was in. And then you can see, oh, there it is. It's in recording number, you know, 117 from whatever, whatever. So that's a benefit. The other benefit is, is that I would really like to do an abridged version of trusting God in the wilderness and trusting God for the promised land in a book as a sort of continuation of my autobiography, the astonishing grace to the chief of all fools PDF that you've seen on the website. And I'd like to ask you for your help. You realize I rarely ask for help. If you are decent at typing, and if you're decent at punctuation, and you're decently familiar with my communication style and my voice, and you can understand my language clearly, etc., and you would like to help, I would like to ask, for those of you who may wish to volunteer, if you can imagine, this would take me an incredible amount of time to do this. Unfortunately, I cannot ask my son to do this because he really suffers from those learning disabilities in the area of reading comprehension and English would not be something he's good at. So he would not be the right person to do this because I need somebody who would know, okay, that sentence structure there requires a comma 
it needs to put a period there where the where the the automation system didn't get it correctly. I'd really like to be able to trust that somebody has you don't have to get it perfect, but a basic understanding of grammar to be able to do this. And not to mention, if we got a number of volunteers to do this, it could be done very quickly where everybody could donate, you know, five to 10 hours of their time over a period of time and go through this and do these and it would be done. Now, this system provides a place where we can go and you can actually press play and you can set the speed of the playback. So if you want me to play slower, I'll play slower And it highlights the actual words that I'm speaking in the script right below the audio player. So you can actually follow along. I was amazed to see how accurate it was. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. But again, it it doesn't miss, it doesn't get everything. So you would have to sit and listen to the recording and you would have to watch the script go below your screen. And then you simply hit the space bar on your computer or you pause. And then you, you click right into that word and you change it. And then you just hit play again and it keeps going. And every time you make a change, it saves it to the script. And then you could send me an email and say, Mike, I did my you know five recordings or 10 recordings, however many I volunteered for. So episodes number 160 through 170 are now done. And I can just kind of go through and quickly check them and see. And they would be done. And then when I'm ready, I'll be able to copy and paste that information and turn it into eventually a book, an abridged book where I I will cut all this down. I want to do this idea exactly as I've talked about where instead of a person having to go through hundreds of hours, think about it. So I want to be able to go back through these transcripts and, and cut, 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 cut. And almost basically just do summary form, very much like a George Mueller's autobiography. I think trusting God in the wilderness and into the promised land would be such an incredible book if I if I abridge it and cut it super short, brothers and sisters, to where it would be an easy read and you could you could quickly read through it and you could remember. I mean, like for example, right now you and I have already forgotten so many amazing events that have happened in this story. You can't possibly remember them all, right? You remember ones that meant something to you, that touched you emotionally, that were similar experiences to you. But there's so many incredible things in this story and you miss them. And so I would like to be able to do with my story, like what I did with George Mueller's book, I would read it over and over and over again. And his little book is only 237 pages in that small size book, 237 pages. And you can just, you know, keep reading it and reading it and reading it. And it's all organized by dates and the little excerpts, I would be so blessed. And I think the Lord wants me to do this. So you have an abridged version, and then I can have links in that book that point to, if you'd like to hear the whole story on this, here's the one-hour journal recording. So now you kind of have the vision of this. So if you would like to help with this and be a part of helping get this information to more people, please send me an email to mike at relentlessheart.com and put in the subject matter, all capital letters, transcribe help. So I'd like to see if you'd be willing to do at least five. Okay. So you're talking about five hours worth of content. And by the time you listen and transcribe it, maybe add an extra, let's just say you add an extra half hour. So it might take you 90 minutes per each one. So based upon how much available time you have, it would not be like, 
you have to have it done. And I would say if you could reasonably think about getting it done in, say, you know, 60 days. And so now this would be an opportunity for those of you who've benefited from this ministry. A few of you, you could really benefit. You know, I've had one blessed lady who has done this, Myra Jackson, who has done so much of the transcribing. She's done all of it. None of the transcription that you see with the exception of stuff I've written firsthand, my autobiography. But when you go look at all the words that are below, eventually apostate bride of Christ, they're not there yet. She's still working on it. But when you go look below trusting God in in crisis or walking with God into the impossible, all of those words were transcribed by her. And this is too much of a load to ask one person to do. So I'd like to ask you, would you be willing to help? If so, send me an email. Commit to at least five. If you can commit to at least five, five to ten would be fair. Let me know. And that would be absolutely wonderful. This would be a huge blessing to me. And I know it would be a huge blessing to people that come after us. All right. This work will outlive me. I feel absolutely certain of that. And so God bless you and thank you so much for your consideration. I am hesitant to make a recording about numbers so much anymore. Today's the 21st of February 2015, but I want to make this as, as an example. I woke up this morning having felt probably the least encouraged that I have felt in many, many months. It's been a slow last couple of days been getting hit at it my faith and my and it's primarily due to the finances that there's no money in my checking account whatsoever now god has blessed me i I need to give a praise it's not as much money as i was hoping but the lady my friend in uh, the netherlands she wanted my book so bad and i sent her um the pdf copy well she ended up paying for it she sent me a 35 dollar donation yesterday So there's where the money has come. Hopefully, I haven't even looked at my checking account balance. Hopefully, that will cover my balance for both my $9 mail uh, shipping station thing, and it'll cover the amount of, um, you know, the check that I have out for child support, and it gives me a little bit, a couple of bucks for coffee if I need it. And so, praise be to God. I said God provides, and God has provided. I didn't have to ask anybody. In fact, I told this lady... I want to give this to you. Please don't pay for it. She wouldn't hear of it. So she added the money, uh, and it'll probably go into my account either tonight or Monday. I just checked my checking account balance. It's negative $31. The $9 shipping thing went through. The check for $300 cleared, and then they charged me $25, which means I missed it by just $6. And so I've I've been charged a $25 overdraft fee, There's $35 going to be deposited in my account, actually about $33 because they take a fee, which means I'll have $1.50 left in my checking account after, and that'll keep it at zero. There it is. I'm down to my last shilling again, if you will. So, you know, that can be discouraging if it happens for a long period of time. Money woes can be very discouraging when you're trusting the Lord, and I haven't had to worry about $0 for a while. I know that God is allowing it to happen for a reason. I've been down this road too many times. I never lose my ability to look at the disappointment. I never lose my ability to feel it, to desire for the thing to go away. But I've lost my ability to forget that God is sovereign and that God is in control. So I'm standing in the kitchen this morning, getting ready to make myself some coffee. I woke up about 4.30. I walk into the kitchen. I'm walking down the hallway. I'm a little discouraged feeling the just kind of icky it's 
cold, it's dark, it's there's no money, it's been a couple of days now, my mom's been a little weird with saying I don't know what I'm talking about, about insurance stuff, and she's been quiet. So it's just a slowly little drip, 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 walk into the kitchen, 544. I had already started to praise God before I saw it. I see it, it says, Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Psalm 54.4 I lift my hands, I praise God, I look over at the microwave that's now heating my coffee at 1 minute and 11 seconds as it's ticking down. And I just praise God. Here God is saying, I am your help, I love you and I'm pleased with you. And so, if God, these, I, these are the kind of things that I could not live without. This is how weak I am. I could not make this Christian life, and I need to make a point to tell people this, that I could not live the Christian life for very long on my own, that I can't do it without Him constantly sustaining me and strengthening me by His grace. You know, it's becoming more and more clear to me in this moment. I heard somebody say that God will not give you the grace to die for Him before that moment comes, but in that moment when you step into it, He'll give you the grace. I think of all these stories in the Fox's Book of Martyrs, and how God gives these people grace to be pulled apart from limb to limb or fed to the lions or set naked in hot, fiery, red-hot bronze chairs. I know that God gives them the grace. He sustains them. They could not do that. A human being cannot do that apart from the grace of Christ. It's becoming more and more clear to me in my mind that even now as I'm sitting in my own hot chair, that I could not do this and I cannot ever do this. There's not going to come a day where I can say, I'm here. It's, I've made these recordings before about this, but it's becoming more clear to me now than ever that even though you have mountaintop experiences, they are going to be followed by dark moments and times of discouragement and times of suffering that you need God's grace from. You can't get God's grace from another person. He can use another person to bring you grace, but you have to seek it from Him and allow Him to use whatever He wants, whoever He wants. And so... I think of all these times that I've, I've, over the past five years where I've been dark and discouraged and wanting to quit and I cry out to the living God. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Psalm 54.4 I have been praising God for teaching me this lesson and I thank God for the darkness. I thank God for using me. The other thing is I know that God is telling me to back burner this book project, meaning the new book project. Put that second to memorizing the scripture project keep the memorization thing going i've got to keep memorizing scripture into categories got to finish the 90-day format in the new book the current book and then work on these getting these scripture memories and that's what i'm going to work on this morning